Are you in the civil war? That's what you've got to ask yourself. Is there war raging inside of you? If not, then you need to check your salvation because Satan doesn't mess with those that are his already. It's only when we enlist in the army of God by coming to Jesus by faith that that civil war begins. And the closer we draw to God, the harder Satan pulls the other way. Welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. It is our hope that this message will encourage you, strengthen your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Our title this morning is Our Civil War. Well, the first few days of February have been busy days. They were busy. On the first day of February, the state of Texas adopted an ordinance ordinance proposing secession. On the 4th of February, which was yesterday, several of the people from other states had gathered together to begin to form a new government. Later on this coming week, on the 8th of February, that group would meet to adopt a constitution and they would, on the 9th, vote on a provisional president. Now this didn't happen this week. It happened 162 years ago this week in 1861, first week of February, leading up to the start of the American Civil War. When I say the word Civil War, I imagine that's what most of us think in our minds is our own U.S. Civil War back in the 1860s. The war between the states, between the North and the South, between the blue and the gray. A war where so many times brother fought against brother. One for the north and one for the south, especially in those border states. The war where the hills and meadows of this beautiful country became war-scarred battlefields. Those same hills and meadows that soaked up the blood of 215,000 of our men who were lost in combat. Not to mention 450,000 others who died for other causes during that war, making it the deadliest battle in the history of our country, the deadliest war. But that's the war that likely comes to mind when we say civil war. But civil wars are too numerous to count. They've taken place since the beginning of time. And you can't really put a number on them. They, I looked up some figures this week, and if you just look at the 77 years since World War II, from 1945 to today, there have been 122 civil wars worldwide. I looked a little further into it and there was a, I found a map that was color-coded for current day, 2023. And as I rolled, my, rolled the mouse over each one of those and counted them up, seven countries right now having civil war going on. Seven different countries. But that's not the type of civil war we're going to be talking about this morning. We've been in Romans for the past four weeks, and so far, as we looked at those earlier chapters, Paul made the point that all humanity is sinful, and we're all desperately in need of a Savior. We have no excuse. No excuse. And we have no escape other than Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, King of kings and Lord of lords. 
We learned in week three that salvation is not by works or not by law or religious ritual, but it's by grace alone, through faith alone in Jesus. That's the thing that we learned in week three. That's the greatest discovery that we can ever make. Last week in week four, we learned that Jesus is greater than anything you and I can ever face. He's greater than our suffering. He's greater than our sin. And He's greater than our sentence. Our sentence to die. Our death sentence. We're all on death row. Once we commit sin, we're on death row. Romans 6 and verse 23. The wages of sin is death. The Bible says all have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore we're all under the same death sentence. But the good news in that Romans 6 and verse 23. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's the good news. That Jesus is greater even than our death sentence. His blood covers our sins when we come to Him by faith. So that's where we've been. That's where we've looked at the last four weeks. And as we get into this fifth week, we're going to look at our civil war in Romans 7. Adolf Hitler, after World War I, stayed in prison for about two years. And it was during that time he wrote a book. And he laid out all the evil thoughts and plans he had in his mind. Now that book was titled Mein Kampf. Mein Kampf. I've never read it. I don't have any plans to read it. And I don't recommend that you read it. Because I don't agree with anything that he, he ever stood for. But in that book he laid out his hatred for the Jews. And he laid out the plans that he had for national socialism. And making the German people the superior race. But the, the, the title of that book, Mein Kampf, can be translated in English as My Struggle. My Struggle. And so, as we look at Romans 7 this morning, I, I believe Paul, if he could have given this passage a title himself, he might would have titled Romans 7 as My Struggle. In it, he talks about the, the struggle going on within himself. It's the same civil war that's raging in each and every one of us if we have come to Jesus by faith. So we're going to discuss our struggle, our civil war this morning. We're going to answer some questions about this civil war that we all face. Let's read together Romans 7. We're going to pick up at verse 15. And I'm going to try not to get tongue-tied. It's a lot of repetitive stuff here. Romans 7 and verse 15, it says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, and that is, in my sinful nature. But I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. 
But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Let's pray. Father, as we look into your word this morning, speak through me. Help to convey, Lord, through your spirit, what you'd have us to know about this civil war that we all face. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Like Paul, each and every one of us finds ourselves in the same situation. Once we say yes to Jesus, we're in that civil war, the same one that Paul talks about here. The war going on within ourselves. So we got a few questions that we want to answer this morning. A few questions that need answers. First question is, why are we in this civil war? Why are we in it? You know, sometimes people have the notion that when they come to Jesus, that life's going to be rosy. After all, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And we're told when we come to Jesus that our, the penalty for our sins has been paid by the blood of Jesus on the cross. The Holy Spirit moves into our hearts, starts transforming us. So shouldn't we be able to live life without sin? We should be able to live free from sin because we're saved. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1 says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. He's writing to Christians here. I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Once we become a Christian, that's when we're enlisted into this civil war that Paul talks about. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus, and that's called justification. But then the, the tough parts begin. Sanctification is what he's talking about here, where the Spirit of God moves into us and transforms us from the inside out. And it's a process that we come more and more like Jesus every day. But it takes a lifetime. Sometimes it seems like we move one step forward and two steps back. There's a song that said one step forward and two steps back. Nobody gets too far like that. That's so true. We have this new spirit within us, but the problem is this new incorruptible spirit is housed in a corruptible body of flesh. This old flesh is still the same body we had before we came to Jesus. So this new spirit that we've got is now in this old sinful body, this sinful body of flesh. Galatians 5 and verse 17 talks a little bit about this and why there's the war going on. Galatians 5 and verse 17, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you're not to do whatever you want. And we all know that old saying, old habits die hard. Old habits die hard. Paul says in our passage here from Romans 7 there in verse 15, he says in the second part of that verse, for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if you do the math 
Paul's been a Christian for over 20 years at this time. Shouldn't he be able to live without a life of sin? And shouldn't he be free from that civil war? Paul would be the biblical example of one of the greatest Christians that ever lived, in my view. Yet he, 20 years into his Christian walk, still struggling with sin. And it's the same with us. That's why we're in this civil war. Jesus talked about in Matthew 26 when he had told his disciples, you know, that he was going to be betrayed and they celebrated the, the last Passover meal together in the upper room and he broke the bread and gave it to them. And he said, this is my body broken for you. We'll, we'll remember that this morning at the Lord's table. And he passed the cup and he said, talked about the new covenant in his blood. And he took them out on the Mount of Olives and he took Peter and James and John with him a little further into the Garden of Gethsemane. And he told them to sit here and watch and pray. And he went on a little further ahead and prayed to the Father. He came back and found them sleeping, if you remember. He found them sleeping. He said, could you not keep watch with me for one hour? And then in verse 41 of Matthew 26, this is what Jesus said. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's the problem. Our spirit is new, but we're still housed in this old fleshly body that's bent towards sin. We have to be prayed up every day. He said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. We have to be prayed up every day because our flesh is weak. Even though our spirit wants to do right, our body's pulling the other direction. We fight this battle raging in us. We have to be in contact with the supreme commander, Jesus. We have to be listening to Him. We have to be praying to Him. We have to be reading the Word daily. Let Him speak through our, to our hearts through His Word. But that we've answered the question is why we're in this civil war. Now the next question we need to ask is where's the battleground? Any military conflict has a battleground. In Romans 7, there again, starting in verse 21 through about verse 23, he says, so I find this law at work when I want to do good. Evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body. Watch this. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. The battleground of this struggle, this civil war, is in our minds. I found a, an article this week online and I was reading it and I pulled this statement out of it and I, I, I can't remember who wrote it. I think it was on Christianity.com or something like that. But this is what that statement said about this situation. And the battleground being our mind. This writer said, The devil uses our mental space as his battleground to wage war against us. One of his favorite tactics is to tell us lies and to speak them so convincingly that we hold them for the truth. It's in our minds. That's where the battle takes place. That's where it wages 1 Peter in verse five, chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now once you're saved, Satan can't snatch you out of the Lord's hand. You're secure. Eternally secure. But he can get into your mind and whisper those lies to you and influence your flesh to do things that you ought not to do. He tries to do that to tempt us, whisper in our minds. 
And it can harm our witness. It can cause us to do things that cause other people to stumble. Your sin, once you're under the blood of Jesus, your sin's not going to keep you out of heaven. But let me tell you something. Your sin and my sin might very well keep somebody else out of heaven. That's a sobering thought to think about. Other people look at us and know we're Christians and profess to be Christians as we do things that we ought not to do. And it can cause somebody else to miss the mark. And oh, I don't want to ever hear that when I get to heaven that I realize that I could have done something differently. And because I didn't, somebody else didn't make it. That's a sobering thought to have. Our new spirit within us wants to do the right thing. And the new spirit within us is pulling our mind in the right direction. While this old bag, this old fleshly body is pulling the mind in the other direction. All the while Satan's cheering it on. Whispering those lies. Listen to Romans 12 and verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how do we renew our minds daily? Praying, talking to God, reading His Word. That's how we renew our minds. We need to turn the tide on the devil. Because the battleground is in our minds. We've looked at why we're in the war. We looked at what the battleground is. Now I want us to talk about how we're to arm ourselves for this civil, civil war. We need the proper armor. And I can think of no other passage better than Ephesians chapter 6. If you want to turn over there to Ephesians chapter 6. List there the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. We're talking about how we arm ourselves for this battle, for this civil war. Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. I want you to notice something about that list there when it lists the full armor of God. All of those in that list are defensive weapons. They're defensive weapons except for one. It talks about the belt around your waist, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. All those are defensive weapons. But the last one there, the, the last one is the, an offensive weapon. Sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. You remember how Jesus resisted the devil when he was tempted in the wilderness? The devil came to him three times. 
And each time, how did Jesus attack it? With the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. That's how He challenged Satan. And we're told in James chapter 4 to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's how we can strike back when Satan attacks our minds. Hebrews 4 and verse 12 says, The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. That's how we fight the battle, through, through putting on the full armor of God and the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, ready to strike back. When, when Satan whispers those lies to us, we have that ready recollection of the Word of God in our minds to recall what God's Word says. The truth that overcomes the lies that Satan spills out. We've talked about why we're in the battle. We've talked about where the battleground is. We've talked about how we're to fight it. The fourth and final thing I think we need to answer is, when will this battle, when will this civil war end? Look at verse 24 there back again in Romans chapter 7, verse 24. Paul tells us where the battle ends. He said, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. This civil war that we're in is going to end when, we're, when we die. When this body of flesh dies. That's when the struggle will be over. This lifelong struggle that we talked about. When that incorruptible spirit that's made new when we come to Jesus by faith. When that incorruptible spirit is freed from this old corruptible body of flesh. Freed from the influences and the, and the, the uh, whisperings of Satan. Once we draw our last, last breath and we step in to the presence of the Lord. That's when it's over with. That's when sanctification is complete. And our spirit goes on to be with the Lord. And then when He comes again, steps out on the clouds, says the dead in Christ will rise first, we'll receive a glorified body then. That's glorification. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We'll not all sleep, but we'll all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable. That's a glorified body. And we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. So when we draw our last breath, that's when this civil war will be over with. Are you in the civil war? That's what you've got to ask yourself. Is there war raging inside of you? If not, then you need to check your salvation because Satan doesn't mess with those that are his already. It's only when we enlist in the army of God by coming to Jesus by faith that that civil war begins. And the closer we draw to God, the harder Satan pulls the other way. You need to come to him this morning in whatever way you need to come to God. Be speaking to your heart. Lay it at his feet. In a minute we're going to come to his table and he says we shouldn't come to the table of the Lord in an unworthy manner. We need to check our hearts and check our minds as we...
prepare to receive the Lord's Supper. Let's pray together. Fathers, we ask you to search our hearts this morning. First, Lord, help us to know whether or not we're in the civil war. If we're in this struggle against sin. If not, then your offer is free to all who would believe. Trust Jesus by faith, Lord. That's our prayer. If there'd be someone here or in the sound of my voice later that listens online, if they don't know you, Lord, it's offered full and free. You just come to Jesus. And Lord, for those of us that are saved, we still struggle with sin, even as Paul struggled. After he'd been a mature Christian for a, Christian for a long time, he still struggled with sin, just as we all will, till we draw our last breath. Help us to continue to pour the Word of God into our hearts and into our minds. Help us to yield more and more to the whisperings of the Holy Spirit so that we might be more and more like Jesus. If there's any sin in our life that's not confessed, Lord, we confess it to you now. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. I ask you to cleanse us afresh and anew. It's in Jesus' name we ask you.